0: as the Americans told the Germans that the Germans didn't want to believe it, that the German intelligence had to go after it and found out the same as the Americans told them. But then again, that was no surprise. And then the failures at the compressor station, which were evident, and pure technical failures were easily uh, sorted out within a day. Anyway, Russians have throttled deliveries of gas to Europe, as you will have heard across the board, but especially to Germany. And they're saying that this is a technical issue. So the Germans good passive um, mentally disabled children that they are, sorry, um, good passive customers that they are, are now saying that Harbeck, that is the ideologue who wants to move Germany off uh, nuclear power completely and says that, oh, there's no way we don't have to discuss this topic any further. we made the decision, meaning we are lemmings. We are going off this cliff. Please follow me. Um, There's nothing to see here. Let's move on. All you lemmings, follow me. Uh, Mr. Habeck has said that Canada should please, 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 please find, please help Germany to deliver those two turbines, one of which is already being, you know, in storage, and customers won't move, and the second one also needs to be delivered. So what Portland was pointing out, that there is a tight fix. Now, there is a trade-off possibility. Canada could ask the friends south of the border, you know, the guys whose White House once burned, Would you mind telling the Germans that we're not quite happy about this, but we could technically help them deliver those two turbines if they were only, only to help the Ukrainians to get those and a bit more ammunition. What do you think? Could you do that for us? I mean, I mean, Canadians that we are, we can't really pressure them. And then somebody amongst the interns in the White House would have to write this up in a sensible fashion, because I'm quite sure that the whole thing is completely absolutely, fully understood by the NSC and definitely understood by the DOD. And somebody just has to put this up to someone who in the White House is willing to pick up the phone and give a little call to Ola, to tell Ola, you know what, that's what we're going to do. That's what important.
1: Uh, I just you, Alexa, want to... And, uh,
2: Go ahead, Nina.
1: Can I follow up? Thank you. Sorry, and thank you. Uh, I just want to ask if there is even one Leopard uh, tank gone to Ukraine, or... Is it like none? Of course it's not. None. none none. Zero. Nothing. Okay. More, yeah. Canada well, had
3: thirty-nine Leo ones. Thirty-nine Leo ones that uh, that were uh, supposed to be sold to uh, I don't know some, some, some country, I can't remember. Anyway, the deal fell through. And you know what we did with them? We sent them out to CFB Cold Lake as targets. Yeah, I've heard how many that's... have you
0: destroyed? How many have you destroyed already?
3: None, well, but I imagine I imagine they would have gutted them because uh usually you got to take all the uh you know the fluids and lines and engines and stuff out before something becomes a target out in the impact area.
2: I don't know how many ways it, it depends how good our artillery guys are. So um you know, I don't know if they uh, they they hit them. Uh, could you uh, let us know?
3: Well, They're it's battling. it's the it's the air force, so uh they can't hit the broad <laughs> side of a barn on a clear day. <laughs> All right. Uh, Just on
2: that uh, lighter note, I have uh, some more announcements to make. We have more exciting speakers coming up. Um, In this case, I'm not going to give a name. Um, It will be um, someone from the Ukrainian um, Foreign Legion who will be speaking. Um, That speaker will be coming on Friday. That is uh, 12 uh, Eastern Standard Time. Um, seven eastern summertime um, and that should be a very very interesting discussion and uh, we have um, a number of other uh, i've already mentioned uh, mick ryan is coming on thursday and um, james vasquez is coming on tuesday and we all have we also have uh, phillips uh o'brien p o'brien coming on friday uh, july the 15th so um at walter report we work really hard to bring in <clears throat> subject matter experts be they military political financial oil there's um you know as i said this is a self-organizing uh, organic space of people from all walks of life uh, who support ukraine and uh, we have lots of great speakers coming um, for you to listen to. And also, uh, just a reminder to please retweet the space. Uh, that's how we get the word out. There's no advertising budget here. We're all volunteers. Uh, we all put our time in to support Ukraine and to, um, in their uh, uh, struggle against Russian genocidal aggression. Um, and uh, you can help us by simply retweeting this space adding maybe a few hashtags um a few comments letting people know that this is where they can go to be informed about um, what is happening in ukraine and what we can do to support the ukrainians in their struggle for liberation from this russian onslaught and with that i will um uh, also if anyone wants to speak please put in a request Then once you're up, raise your hand and we'll get to you in order. And I see Nightline is next. So go ahead, Nightline. Uh, Thank you very much. So, you know, they're talking about timelines and how long they have to get this done, you know, September, October offensive. I don't know how much people have been paying attention to, to U.S. domestic politics, but what a lot of the, you know, some of the right wing people are saying since the anticipation is they're going to take over Congress. Is that they want to stop all foreign aid to Ukraine? So, you know, unfortunately, I think it's going to be close if that happens, and you know, that unfortunately, that might be a consequence of something I'm very worried about. So, also, um, yeah, you know, that's it. That's my. Up. Well, you know, um, w- w- we won't know the exact timeline. The, the, the Ukrainians will decide to conduct their offensive when they think it is best for them and uh, when they think conditions are perfect. Um, so um, we all speculate here from time to time. There are military experts who have far more knowledge than I do on the subject, and they have speculated. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but I have full confidence in the Ukrainians liberating uh, genocidal aggressors because it is their land, um, it is their people who are, 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 are being genocided, if, that, if that's a word, and um, they will fight back and they will win. And uh, of this I'm confident as long as we do our part and supply them with what they need. Um, I think uh, next in line is, and then we will go back to Nina.
4: Good afternoon. Can you hear me okay?
2: Yes, loud and clear.
4: Go I, ahead. Think, I think there's only one way you're going to get Germany to help Ukraine any more than they already are. I think very quietly, don't put them on the spot you need to explain to them how much their economy would lose if NATO started moving bases to Poland and up With all the NATO troops spending money in, in the German economy, I think that would be a uh, pretty, pretty good carrot or stick, depending on how you look at it. Yeah,
2: I, 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 that's not a bad point. Um, I think our resident German could speak to that. I, I think Axel has already made that point several times, that uh, it's actually... Really, a lot of politicians that are standing in the way here, specifically uh, Scholz. I'm, I'm sure um, there are a lot of companies in Germany that would be more than happy to uh, do the right thing, um, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I don't know if uh, Axel's able to speak to the subject, but uh, yeah,
0: the problem the problem with that is that you can't disassemble um, Rammstein in that form. And uh, unfortunately, the German knows, uh, The German uh, Germans know that. What is, however, possible, and there I agree with you, is that um, somebody in the DOD with a friendly—if there only was one—I'm sorry, but it's let's put this way: real back. Let's assume we find someone on the NSC who is good at communicating bad news. Take someone senior from the DOD. Take someone from the MOD in the UK. Bring them across and have a friendly meeting. Let the meeting be short and tell them what will happen if they don't play. That's all you need to do. Thank you for your time. Much appreciated, mate.
2: Well, thank you for the question. And um, uh, as I said before, uh, feel free to um, request the mic and put up your hand. And I believe we have 30 mic mic next.
4: Hey, everyone. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good day. Uh, so I just um, saw a little article in my local paper that was highlighting the, um, the hell of the front. And it indicated something to me that um, we just had a a successful fundraiser on this site where we um, raised, I think it was $30,000 for tourniquets or tourniquets, however we say it. And um, the article I read stated that most of the Ukrainian losses are due to blood loss. So, Sometimes the guys can get wounded from shrapnel and, according to this article, not be evac for a couple of days. And it was really distressing to me, um, except for the fact that I know we're doing something about it.
2: Yeah, I, you know, uh, what can I say? It's just... Like, this is an inexcusable war. Uh, Russia has just launched pure barbarism, and um, we just have to do what we can. And um, what tourniquets are for, if there is trauma and uh, a, a patient is bleeding out, a tourniquet prevents that blood loss, as 30 Mike Mike was pointing out and can save a life because you need to get that patient back to the hospital um there's a certain threshold i forget you know there's a doctor in the house probably um uh, walter there's a certain threshold where if you lose a certain amount of blood at some point it's the point of no return and you can't bring the patient back um, even with transfusions later at a hospital so uh, supplying tourniquets is really doing God's work here. Um, And this is is not a game. Um, We are here supporting Ukraine by providing the medical supplies they need to keep their citizens alive, their soldiers alive, and also their citizens. We've all seen the heartbreaking photographs coming out of Ukraine. I mean, I, I just saw one that absolutely broke my heart. I mean, I have a daughter, and I saw... You know, a 13 year old girl killed by shrapnel from this Russian war of aggression. And it it breaks my heart. But let's do what we let's turn our outrage and our anger and our anguish into something positive and do what we can to support Maria Aid and um, save lives, save real Ukrainian lives. And that's what we can do now. Um, Thank you, Mike Mike, for pointing that out. Um, We have a bunch of speaker requests, so I'm going to have to cycle people down. Um, um, Just remember, you can always re-request the mic and uh, come back up. Uh, Just put your hand up, but now I have a full queue of speakers, so I'd like to get to them. Um, so, um, also if you could just drop yourself down, uh, that actually helps with the, the Twitter algorithm. So if you could please do that, that would be really great. If you don't have something to say immediately, um, now I'll click some buttons and bring up some other speakers.
3: And, uh, while Bloke is doing that, uh, he needs to be spelled off. So we're going to do a little swap out here uh go ahead gurney unless gurney is putting up his hand to volunteer
0: do, i think joseph was volunteering yeah i can help out rock paper rank you win
5: i'd prefer gurney I'll, honestly i'm trying to go get a better phone to help like post better but uh i can i can help out. uh i was just gonna well, what, 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 does he have a round uh, dial
0: gurney.
6: <laughs> yeah you know ask fred flintstone uh you know he he wants his tablet back and i i mean flintstone you know fraggle rock flintstone you name it whatever um no i was going to go back to the the previous question i don't know if anyone caught it there um the speaker the speaker um isn't here with us anymore uh i, I was going to ask what sources they were reading um for the the medical info because uh he had mentioned that uh his impression was his impression of this source he was reading uh, was that it took several days to get medical attention um, and I'd just like to say that that's um, that doesn't jive with the first hand reports we have of speakers on the ground um, who've talked about um, what happens tourniquets are in that uh you know that critical that critical window of time not just that golden hour of of trauma care and trauma support but that literal you know two to three minutes uh, that's necessary that 's the difference between bleeding out uh, and surviving right so Two totally different time scales when that person had mentioned uh, days to receive medical care. We, we've had many firsthand reports um, and we can see many instances um, uh, of open source that the time uh, to receive care is not in the scale of days. We, we've had many. We had Ryan O'Leary here talking about that, uh, talking about even the speed at which um, prisoners from the front are transported to the rear. So I would just like to, you know, to, to sort of push back against that. Um, but I believe they have their hand up.
4: Uh, yes, journey, if I could real quick, it said uh, that some of the guys were suffering for from a lower morale because they noticed it could I, I should have stipulated that it could take up to as long as a couple of days. But um, most of them had access to a pretty good back line um, where they were getting out. But um, the thing that stuck with me was the fact that the casualties were being caused by. Things that we were were making an attempt and making a difference in getting to them, which is the tourniquets. Thanks. Over.
6: Yeah. Thanks. Uh, just curious, what's the what was the source you're getting that from?
4: Yeah, let me let me look that up. It's in my pile of papers here, and I will try and um, I will try and get. I think it was AP because it was uh, you know a major one of our major news outlets. But um, I will get that not to the nest, but to one of you guys, and, um, and we can review that in more depth. Thank you.
3: Just for people that, uh, are listeners that are wondering, uh, what a tourniquet does, and uh, a tourniquet is, uh, is basically the nuclear option, like uh, to do or die. Uh, and, like in, in, in medical circles, we call it, you know, uh, save a life, lose a limb. And uh, I, I I served with a fella that ran over uh, you know an IED in Afghanistan in uh, uh, in 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 a jeep and uh, you know lost both his legs and the thing that saved his life was a tourniquet. Actually, he used his own belt, but uh, you know it, it works the same way.
5: Yeah, it's to stop the bleeding on wounds that are so severe that the, you'll, you'll you bleed out and die. Is that correct, Battle Moose?
3: Yes, that, that is correct.
5: And yeah, we want to make sure that uh, no no Ukrainian medic reaches for a tourniquet and they're out, right? That's uh, the point. $30 will buy a tourniquet. You know, we're doing everything we can to, to ship them over, and we appreciate everyone who contributes and uh, will contribute in the future. So uh, I think Language might have just uh, tweeted out a, a reactivated T-34 uh, that was a, a, a war monument. Uh, in Russia, at some point, did, did anyone else see that? Are we going to see T-34s soon?
7: That has got to be a joke. I no, 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 no. My brain is just nope. My no, the world is upside down. Why? Why would you do that? If well, we can
5: ask language.
6: Would you like some more upside down, Portland? I've I've got uh, a secret secret source video here. It might be pretty interesting for you. Would you like to hear?
5: Please, Kearney, go ahead. Well,
6: in this video, uh, we we've we've actually had some some actually um, some some very serious conversations about just Im- improvised uses of different types of weapons, including uh, Mark 19 variants, Ukrainian Mark 19 variants uh, for indirect fire missions. Uh, but there's a, a new one out there. It takes the cake. Uh, for, for wacky here for Portland. Uh, e- even if it, you know, there's kernels of truth in there probably but portland in the video we, we've had many different speakers come up here and talk about different rpgs ryan o'leary was talking about you know just his adaptations for for how he uses it in range and distance uh and then we had someone uh asserting about how they could take take a limiting pin out of it to get max distance and you know pulling up all the theoreticals of like max distance theoretically is like nine kilometers seven to nine kilometers give or take for the max range of an rpg well lo and behold a video turned up today Uh, An RPG seven looks like I can't tell the exact variant that is on a tripod uh, almost at like 87 degrees elevation here inclination and (laughs) they're launching it as indirect fire support the uh, it looks like Russian uniforms it looks halfway legit. And they're just launching this thing almost almost vertical, but not quite as as indirect fire support missions. So if you want to talk about Nutty, um, I, I'd say that takes the cake for a Nutty indirect fire support. They just don't want to be anywhere near there. I'm sure it's effective, just can't guarantee where it's going to be
7: effective. I, I keep seeing shit from the Russians that I'm looking at and just being like, no, you would only do this if you were absolutely like hair on fire pants on fire world on fire levels of desperate but they just seem to like they 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 just don't seem to run out of bullshit and it's it's fucking weird well, I and,
6: and, I, and, I, and I say this again, I, I don't know the actual source of this video, but it's floating around there. But to make it even nuttier, and maybe this just ties in with, with Mike, Mike, just take things with a grain of salt. I mean, Maria Aid's providing tourniquets. There's other aid organizations providing tourniquets. When I look, when I see photos and I notice the kit, maybe as a, as a former soldier, it's easy to notice the things that, that you think matter. I see a lot of tourniquets in different positions on bar- body armor or kits on the Ukrainian side. I don't, I don't see that in numbers and mass on the Russian side, except for their, their top tier units. Um, and those guys have different, different, different kit altogether. Um, but the reason I say this is, is so Mike Mike was, was quoting an article there, uh, you know, talking about um, p- potentially uh, morale on the front. And I, and I just look and I say, well, uh, in this video, I wonder what my morale would be. If that was me the russian using this whether it's as an indirect fire support mission or the necessity of it because to top it off again i don't know if this is a joke because it it almost seems like it to me but the gentleman has one arm now i I don't mean he literally has one arm i can't tell it could be an injury but there's literally no arm extending out past his uniform um, or his body armor he could have suffered an injury but the gentleman loading and launching the rpg on the tripod as in direct fire at like 88 degrees elevation is also a one-armed bandit. So, I mean, when I talk about desperation, I just don't know whether to laugh or cry at the video if it's real and to say, Jesus, how desperate would it be? Again, game on if it's a joke. uh, But, I mean, if I'm seeing a soldier with only one arm in use, the other either gone or injured to where it can't be used, not in video, underneath your body armor – and you're relying on an RPG for indirect fire missions. I, if I was that guy, I'd probably cry that I'm being asked to provide indirect fire support, or it's that desperate that I'm not going to cry and I'm just going to do it. So don't, don't know whether to cry or laugh on that.
5: And just as a real quick side note to our audience, uh, Ryan O'Leary, who's a, a, a guy from the U S who's uh, fighting right now, uh, basically in a unit, uh, in the Ukrainian foreign legion for, to, to simplify it. And, uh, he just mentioned he ha- he carries, what, like, what did he say, Gurney, like 15 RPGs with him? He had a backpack or RPG uh, uh, grenade. Oh, go ahead, Gurney. I,
6: I I thought he carried six, and then uh, I thought he also distributed a few more um, amongst them. I, th- I thought he did, like, uh, I forget. He he had a bag, and he also had a vest custom made. I can't remember whether he was able to fit six on the vest. I think it might have been three on the vest in some capacity or the back, plus uh, three in a bag, and then others... I thought he had dispersed rounds with with others, but yeah, I mean he he was like Rocket Man on the <laughs> spot out there.
5: We we all agreed he was carrying an astonishing amount of of RPGs, uh, and yeah, it was a bit, bit maybe an unexpected. He was like, yeah, that's what I go out with. Um, so uh, maybe we can go to Nina next. Nina, go ahead. Uh,
1: thank you, Joseph. Um, we talked earlier about um, uh, Germany and not uh, being able to to take the pen in the hand and sign a paper. Uh, I remember that earlier I heard, I think it was you, Portland, that said if uh, uh, there would be, if if the Atacams would come to Ukraine, we would probably not know about it. But if I remember right, you said that it uh, could be, be over in Norway. So uh, are you still thinking like that or, or uh, has it changed uh, like in any way? Thank you.
7: Honestly, no, not really. If um, if Atacams gets deployed, um, which I think is a really wide open question, I have seen nothing concrete that says that it will. Um, but if Atacams gets deployed, uh, you're talking about basically 12, 13 major types um, all annihilated within probably a couple of minutes to a couple of hours of one another, and nothing east of Belgorod can move. Um, yeah, you, you, it's it's the war is over. It's just a matter of how many body bags does Russia need to get sent after that happens to get the message.
1: Okay, so I could imagine that this could be. Uh, from russia's side seen as a major uh escalation and also like a, a existential uh threat to them so maybe uh, i'm just speculating here what keeps uh the I, I they were from the u.s or or like from united states those attacks. uh i don't know if you portland can answer this question or axel uh what is behind that uh they are not
7: sending the attack camps. Thank you. Well, you know, I've got my theories. Axel and I kind of disagree slightly on this one, I think. I think there are lots of people that have their own takes on it. I think um, the risk of escalation that this would entail um, is actually pretty modest. But the problem is, is that Russia has nowhere to go in terms of escalation at that point, except to theater ballistic missiles, so nukes. So do I think they'd risk it? No, not really. Um, But if I assign a confidence interval... My check. Oh, did you guys lose me?
5: You're clear, Portland. Nina, you might be having a problem. Can you hear us, Nina? All right, we'll cycle Nina down, maybe. uh, uh, So maybe continue, Portland.
7: Okay, so, you know, even if I assign a confidence interval on on uh, Russia not being willing to escalate to the use of nuclear weapons at, say, 99.9%. Well, in the one in 1,000 probability that I'm wrong, millions of people die. So, you know, I don't know what level of confidence I would need um, in order to look at that and say, yeah, that's worth taking the risk. So I think that these are questions that are being continually reevaluated um, on the U.S. side. But the one thing that I will say is that based on the rate at which Ukraine is already uh, addressing logistics and command and control targets, um, getting all the way to Belgorod and Kursk, um, it doesn't seem to me that that system is required to win the war yes it would win the war faster um but would it win the war with an acceptably low risk of counter-escalation from the russians yeah i don't know that's that's getting into psychological factors that are that i can be confident about but there's no mathematical solutions for them thank you
1: Yes, and yeah. of course it's like uh, obvious that uh, we can't trust Russia in any case. But uh, nukes, uh, we have discussed, and uh, it's like uh, not a probability. But who knows? Yeah, uh, just maybe Axel
5: or uh, Grant, you guys uh, Maybe want to because, as Portland said, I think he provided maybe a good uh, explanation of why of his position. But is, is there maybe, as he said, maybe a countervailing position? Uh, not, not to you know try to stir something up here. Just more to. You know, if there's another perspective on that, it might be good to hear uh, anyone.
6: Uh Well, so I can't I, I, I can't address it directly because I don't have anything more to add than than Portland does on the matter. But when I just I if if we give things enough time and we can try to look back with, with some hindsight to understand it and, you know, maybe try to get rid of confirmation bias and selection bias and things. Um, it's hard for me to to not notice some of these things in hindsight that, uh, I mean, luck might be a part of this, but I guess I'm I'm looking at this, um, if you look at some things in hindsight, whether this is luck or this is planned or this is luck plus planned and happenstance, um, each of these sort of periods sort of has a, and so if I'm going back to the beginning of, of the invasion um, on uh, February 24th, the, the beginning of the, of the, the session, right? So, I mean there seems to have been the right resources at just uh the right time and I mean just the nick of time and whether this is um intelligent sharing whether this is um resources or javelins um and again whether it is luck or designed to look like luck uh whatever you have it seems so far and again you know this this is debatable but it seems that for each period of of warfare that we've seen in the uniqueness of those periods, we've seen to see some sort of balancing force, whether that's a balancing force, whether that's, uh, whether that's javelins and other types of systems, meaning at that point in time, it might not have helped to try to send 200 tanks within a week or, 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 x and y it wasn't necessary for that stage might have added way more complexity but it seems to me and again I'd I'd encourage anyone to debate this but uh, you know because I cannot prove this uh, but it seems to me that there are um, for each stage of this there is um, a proportionate response and an effective response and so I'll just say indirectly you know, I don't know whether those are coming whether those are there or in theater um, but if it were to follow that pattern and if that pattern were to be true, I would expect them to show up exactly when um, the strategy uh, called for it or luck called for it. Um, that's just how I'm in, I'm looking at some of the things again I, I you know there could be error in that but uh, it seems that that there's a, a very happenstance, of circumstance and timing and strategy and luck that are all mixing together, um, and I don't know if we'll be able to unpack how much of that is is precisely planned, how much of that is part of the strategic precise planning, and how much is just really adaptive, creative thinking combined with good planning and strategy. And that I would expect in the next phases, we see um, the weapon systems, whether it's tanks or other things, come on. At the moment in which uh, the necessity is greatest, um, and that we see that happen sort of after the fact
1: no thank you Go. That was really well explained and and i uh, I understand that nothing really happens accident accidentally like uh, there is all it does this... it does okay but anyway yes. like, uh, Let's Life this.
0: is full of accidents. That's what I was about to tell you, Nina. If you give me a second, I'll give you the countermandling argument to Gurney's very carefully worded. And I tend to agree with many of those. But, um, of course, he caveated, smart as he is, that we will only know this at the back end. But, of course, we all know... I think that's what I think that's Thank what Gurney's you. saying, but go ahead. I know what he said. Let me... Make my argument, and then you can debate. It's very clear that it's not happenstance. What has been completely outside of what Gurney just said is that there is accident and there's deliberate action, and therefore those good logistics planners, amongst those who are committed nations within NATO and within this alliance of the willing, whether it's now forty-seven or forty-nine countries, we can debate them. completely irrelevant within. Those NATO nations who are willing to dedicate their resources to it, there's two who stand out who can deliver. It's the estranged colonies, the only really completely free nation on this planet, and Great Britain. They have decided that they will support this, come hell or high water. They have, however, had to contend with herding fleas, not cats, and they have had to tolerate a lot of accidents and insubordination and. Narcissistic behavior amongst politicians. They've had to contend with what usually happens both within an alliance as well as when war has not really been perceived as being around the core. The Europeans are still living to a large extent, especially Western Europe, especially the so-called core European countries, are still living within their bubble. And this bubble will continue to exist until someone takes them back to the generator room as our friend battle has exerted and um, provided nice exeges on and gives them a little rider that has not happened we've been advocating for this since week three there's a reason why we do this because we are those europeans who are on the other side of the fence i mean we are on the transatlantic side of the fence we are the ones who are committed to deter it. So what, is missing, what, hey, yeah, what is missing? Yeah, what is missing? Well, wait, wait, wait. The problem is, and that's why I disagree with Gani's assessment. Or him, sorry, it's not. I don't disagree with his assessment. His assessment is so carefully shrouded in foggies and in mist that it doesn't allow you to challenge it unless you pull out of the mist a few things. It is absolutely clear that the United States of America has the capacity. To take the nose ring out, put it into every oxen's nose, and drag them around. And they have decided, not yet, at least, they have decided not to do so. It is absolutely clear that we have the capacity to force the Europeans to live up to the requirement which is vested in them having been given their freedom by the blood and treasure spent by the British and the Americans. It is absolutely clear that our friends in Italy are excessively under pressure. It's absolutely clear that France will want to do its own thing. It's even clearer that the Germans have their own political agenda at the moment by one of its elite. But it's even clearer that the political and military necessity is very well lined out. This is why Lloyd Austin, from a military perspective, laid this out to people as an here's what you got, this is what needs to do. And then the Europeans yet again went back home shrouded themselves in their own political arguments and failed. This is, actually the Europeans are doing what they are constantly projecting upon the Americans, failing. Meaning, executing from politics into action. And it's not the first time. So Gurney in that regard is wrong, because he tries to obfuscate the picture, which is fair. I understand why he does it. From time to time we do this all here, because we really don't want to discuss this. But this only can be solved by one thing. Someone in the White House needs to pick up the dang phone and give very clear instructions to those who have won their freedom only by Americans fighting. And of course, our. this is. The I was about to say, not clutter. not only the Americans. I just said it. Give me the dramatic pause, soldier, please.
1: Uh, I, I know, I know, I know.
0: Sorry, Gurney, but it had to be said. No fog, please.
5: We're sorry. We, we tried to steal your dramatic pauses, Axel. We're really sorry about that. Gurney, I'm going to give you. a so,
0: Sojo does this
5: all the time. I did it too. I'm sorry. I know your your dramatic pauses are important. Your, your timbre, uh, uh, Gurney. Go ahead. Uh, mm, a no, pauses?
6: no, a- Axel. Axel's you know Axel's right in that. I I, I was um, not not so much trying to to shroud it it. Is just to say I don't. I myself don't know the specific proportions um, of the combination of planning errors, calamity, luck. Um, all I know is, is um, it's thus far worked out, and and that was my emphasis on that. And Axel's rightly rightly so in pointing out, um, you know, the deficiencies um, and and the reality and the realistic of it. I, I I'm less versed on. Uh, I'm less versed in confidence to speaking to that than Axel is. Um, and so I write, you know, like Axel mentioned, I caveat my statements because I, uh, from my perspective, can't fully know, but Axel rightly makes a very good, um, and valid argument from, from that perspective. So thanks.
5: Yeah, I think it was three, three good perspectives on the issue. So Nina, I think you got a very comprehensive answer. Uh, is joining us. Welcome Yehuda. Uh,
1: Thank you, Joseph. Yes, I got good good answers. <laughs> Thank you.
5: Uh, so we have a question from Patrick. Patrick, go ahead. Yep. Thank you, everybody.
8: Uh, calling from North America, West Coast of the U.S. Um, yeah. Interesting discussion today. I, I don't, I'm not sure we're going to have that moment uh, where the White House is going to try to pressure its allies. And the, the reason why I'm skeptical is because of, uh, you know, From what I've seen, you know, Joe Biden is trying to do Europe differently. And I think he's sensitive to the criticism over the years of that go along with the the unipolar world and um, some of the historical criticisms that European allies have had toward the U.S. about, you know, bullying its way through the world a bit. Uh, And I think he's I think Joe is trying to set a new course, a different course, more of a partnership course. Uh, which is something that's probably long-term more, a more sustainable, you know, role that the U.S. can play when it engages Europe. And so if, if we're pinning our hopes to that moment where, you know, uh, Joe is going to get heavy handed, I'm not convinced that's going to happen. And, you know, so then that moves you to, well, then how does this play out? Patrick, so I'm just...
0: Patrick, Patrick, Sorry. thank you. Much appreciated, but, don't tell me you don't have to. I'm I'm not serving at this point in time. I'm not worth that. But would we please? I know that we do this from time to time. You can say Biden if you don't like it, but you can also say President Biden. I respect the office. Oh, okay, I didn't mean any disrespect. Uh, I
8: have I have a lot of respect for the president. So, um, yeah, President Biden um, is my okay. reference, and I didn't again. I didn't mean any disrespect. So I'm concerned that we're not going to have that moment. I, I hope that we do. Uh, and so I, that's the comment. If 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 there's a question here that I have in my mind, it's, you know, given the type of weapons that Ukrainians, uh, the Ukrainians have been provided and assuming there's more of the same delivered and that we don't see, you know, new weapon systems brought into the battle space. We see, you know, more howitzers, uh, more of these, um, these HIMARS, the Gimlers, I mean, you know i just is that position even if it's a slower grind does that even position ukraine to ultimately push the russians out of the out of their country or are the poor ukrainians just you know condemned to kind of be in this back and forth indefinitely
9: i'm just anyway that's all thanks that's a good question i think that uh, proof is in the pudding the uh, we have yet to see the full effects of uh you no. Gifted weaponry, and I think that uh, I think that you know the numbers. I think I mentioned, I think I heard Portland or someone mentioning numbers. It's not nine; it's at least twelve, if not fifteen, uh, Mars in theater, and the numbers are growing without necessarily being announced. Judging just by, um, well, it's a it's a known thing now, but uh, just wait for it. You know, let the Ukrainians sort themselves out. Uh, deploy and employ the weapons they've got um if high were never brought to the table it might be one of those all right i I'd feel more comfortable with the question or the comment that are we just gonna turn let this turn into a battle of attrition and slug it out i don't think so i think the ukrainians will have and have currently are getting to the point where they they have a um a clear technological edge over the russians I go ahead, Portland.
7: Uh, yeah, I think that the the thing that we need to, uh, to, to grasp about the current situation is that the debate now is not about is Ukraine going to win, it is how is Ukraine going to win and when.
9: Uh, hold on, I've got a call coming in. It's going to win when we give that ringtone to every Russian officer and then uh, their ears blow up. Uh, after listening we'll call them all the time. So louder in Portland. Uh, all right, we'll wait for Portland to get back to us and uh, and uh, kick it back to Doman. Back to me. How back to me? How is this a question for me? Well, I thought we'd share the wealth. No, uh, I don't know, Patrick. If uh, if that... I uh, comment to you there, Patrick. Oh, oh Patrick Doman. Confused the two. They sound similar.
0: Yeah, pre- pretty much the same. I, ju- I just want to know that the 9... Was-
9: <laughs> uh, oh, there's more than 9.
0: No, no, we're using 9 as a floor, just because 9 was a f- was confirmed by Ukrainian authorities over the last 24 hours as the minimum of high Mars plus MLRS. So, you know, you're using that as a floor, and we know the ceiling is higher than that, but at the very least, from official...
6: Mike check. Okay. Hello?
0: Can you, Can you hear me? Can you hear me?
9: Yep, you're good yeah, to hear that. You- even when they first launch uh their first salvos they'll launch 12 in one go and we're like wait a minute. this mic is hot they launched a whole bunch right away and we're like hey, there's not they don't have a hundred rocket pods but there's just too many things going on in there and so um, yeah and that's fine like there's, there's no obligation to share with the russians exactly how many things like go oh, boom the ukrainians have and that's fair um i guess uh if you're curious um there are you know telltale signs of where things are being hit in 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 a in, in, a, in a field in a range across the country uh which would make it impossible for these these high uh, to be moved around so quickly just from the distance so it's a good i think it's done on purpose i think it's by design it's definitely um you know confuse the russians not let them know if they expect you know three or four high yet they're being rocketed from Kharkiv to, you know, uh, Kherson uh, it's like, wait a minute, what's going on here? How many do they have? And, and it's not them moving them around at night. So it's a good, it's good news, and it so, will get it's a good. The... It's good news. And it will get to the it, it won't be uh, a slug fest. Uh, the West and United States and, and, and Europe and other countries have have now I would say decisively committed. To uh, to Ukrainian victory and and they're following that up with with material and, and resources. Uh, so if there was confusion in the past about where their where their motivations or or their um, their um, decisions lay, uh, that that left with HIMARS for sure. Can you follow up there, Pat?
8: Well, yeah, thanks, uh, Yehuda. Um, it makes sense to me. Uh, it's a big question mark. Uh, you know, I just I hope they're what they need. I, I just I hope they're getting what they need and uh like we all do. Um, yeah, I mean that's it for me.
5: Good stuff. Oh, do we lose Portland? Yeah, drop off he was busy. We had a uh, thirty mic mic come back up. Did you have a question, uh, Thirty Mike Mike?
4: Uh no, just following up on um I'm searching for this AP link. Uh, if Gurney's still up here, yes. Um I'm gonna try and get that link to Axel shortly uh referencing what we were talking about previously that's all thank you okay yeah thanks
5: uh so i guess uh while we're waiting for hands if anyone does want to come on up uh uh, you know, a request to speak, uh, raise your hand, uh, get a question to our panel. we got a good panel up here today. A lot of military experience. Uh, we can get Portland back. We've got Gurney. we got Yehuda as well. Um, and then just a real quick announcement. I'll try to make it quick because we've been a, an it quite a bit today. But uh, just our guest speakers, we have a lot of guest speakers lined up. So uh, July 12th, we've got James Vasquez. Uh, he's uh, fighting in the Foreign Legion, uh, or at least was. I think he's coming back. Uh, it's going to be 6 p.m. Eastern time. We've got Mick Ryan coming uh, July 14th at uh 1 p.m is that right one oh sorry 7 p.m uh eastern time uh and then we've got uh a member of the uh ukrainian foreign or sorry the foreign legion uh international for the international sorry the international legion of defense of ukraine uh it's a long mouthful i was trying to simplify it uh it's going to be at 12 p.m eastern time uh and that's on july 8th friday And lastly, we've got Phillips O'Brien. He's a professor of strategic studies. He's going to be there on Friday, July 15th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So we've got a lot of guest speakers lined up. Uh, We're looking forward to all of them. And uh, we hope you guys will join us, uh, retweet all the cards uh, promoting these events. Uh, It's always good when we have uh, distinguished guest speakers like that. Uh, So thanks. Back to you, Yehuda.
9: Yeah. And another, we have a secret Ukrainian weapon that, if deployed, would be a a game changer. Uh, she will be coming on uh, next week, on uh, Tuesday, 2 p.m. It's my mother-in-law. She's Ukraine's secret weapon. Uh, she will um, be deployed in order to nag Russian forces to death on the uh, Donbass front. More uh, <laughs> horrible. Can't believe Axel made me say that. Um, I have we, have to. Great, <laughs> <laughs> we have a great list of uh, panelists coming up. And uh, it's all, you know, we want to thank everyone also for tuning in and paying attention and supporting our guests when they come in giving them a quick little fall off, and they have some really good things to say as well offline. And uh, as usual, we we try to throw in occasional guests here and there. We have a friend, Malcolm Nance, who wants to, uh, to uh, show up again, uh, but he is in the middle of traveling and doing cool things. So that's why he has been a little uh, unavailable. Other than that, uh, please do come up. We have Gurney. Uh, new to, uh, Gurney, a question or comment?
6: Oh well, no. It was it was just to thank Axel for his um for for his for his pushback to 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 my comments because you know I I don't ha- and Yehuda apologies um if if you he weren't here for the conversation we were just you know discussing uh, uh uh good luck bad luck happenstance uh good planning bad planning incompetence all the above you know for for whether that results you know in, in actions. But anyways, to, to to not go back to that part, I was just going to say uh. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a regression analysis, you know, to do like a best fit pattern, right? To make these, you know, we're all we're all human looking at this. But but the one thing that brought me to this new comment here is um Axel, is there's uh it's just it's just so interesting to know what you know and when you know it because uh I go to those underwater swimmers today on Snake Island. Now this is a small unit and ostensibly we would never have pictures of that unit had it not been i mean not only the unit like that but the unit equipment maybe you get lucky and you have like an approval for a picture of the unit minus some of the equipment but it was specifically mentioned that the unit not only the capabilities of the unit for inserting into the island but it was specifically mentioned about certain uh, underwater insertion vehicles so i just look at this and i just again it doesn't tie perfectly into our, our past conversation But when I look at something in hindsight, where I look at something today and say, hmm, that's a weapons platform. It could have been talked about a month and a half ago by uh, James Kirby. He could have mentioned it indirectly, whether this was was the boat he mentioned or the the autonomous uh, uh, vehicle capability he mentioned, or it could be something different. Uh, But it's just interesting because clearly – uh, the Ukrainians don't have to show this capability. They could have of uh, hid this. Uh, so for whatever purposes it serves, I'm just saying is this, so it has showed its face today, not only for Snake Island, but just in terms of that specific capability. And whether that's to intend to, to scare the Russians in in the Sea of Azov or for future operations of the Black Sea or or even so much as uh, the Kerch Bridge, you know, uh, months down the road, whatever it happens to be. I just look and I say, hmm, that's a pretty interesting system. We heard some talk about it in the past, then nothing. Uh, and then this may be it. It may not be it. But anyway, so I, I appreciate Axel's comments there um and i appreciate the fact that that i don't know but um you know i tried to look back and just notice some of these things here and that i'm fallible like anybody else but uh, but that was curious news today if anyone saw that with uh, the uh, combat dive swimmers and then they eventually brought ashore um uh, an inflatable rib and they had some engineers clearing the island but i thought that was unique that they showed off the uh, they showed off that capability for the combat swimmers and the and the vehicles to get them there
0: why would they do that
8: now
6: Oh, you're, you're pushing me to the depths here, Axel. You know, I thought it was enough just to mention it and stimulate the thought for y'all. <laughs> uh, right. it, you know, good
0: time.
9: That's a good point. Combat divers. Combat divers.
0: If only there was a bridge. Yeah, I'm not but sure we're that's, not allowed uh, to talk that's about it, no, Of course not. Of course not. I was just joking. Yehuda, we, uh, you, um, you, we had a little joke going on before and Gurney and... Uh, Stephen and I, that we would not mention the bridge any further until finally it's getting hit. So we're not going to do that. So what's important militarily are those high I suspect,
9: I suspect 20 to 30 will be in play by the end of the month. And uh, that's enough to cover 150,000 uh, decently deployed Ukrainian troops when they launch their counter-offensive Russian forces. And uh, hell hath no fury like a high Mars person uh, scorned. Uh, it's going to be uh, 4th of July times a million, which is 4 millionth of July, uh, which isn't even a number or a date. But you get the idea. The, that means a lot of explosions on the Russian end, uh, coordinated, sustained fires. It's going to be great. And if you, you saw what, what Ukraine is able to do with high Mars as it is, I really wonder if today's uptick in Russian artillery all across the front is just not. I don't want to sound overly optimistic, but perhaps the death throes of the Russian army. Uh, but it's looking very, very good. If you listen to CJ and other artillery experts, they're they're giddy. They're giddy with excitement. So that's where we're going with that.
6: Yehuda, um, CJ is is going crazy over um, a video I sent him of a one armed bandit a Russian soldier with, with one fire. arm. Yeah, yeah. He's going to have a field day trying to put down uh mortarmen and infantry requests that think they can do his job for him now.
9: Yeah, so just there's a reference of a Russian showing off. Here's, like, here's Ukrainian showing off or, or Haimar's doing awesome things and just like, wow. And the Russians say, hold my beer, hold my vodka, vodka, vodka. And, um, and they show a, a Russian infantry uh, not so fussy that he has one arm. He's trying. Uh, and he's firing an RPG in the air. Um, not sure what that does. They, um, they go boom after they don't hit the target after a certain distance. Uh, and it's completely useless. And um, yeah, I mean, don't know what they're doing. I think they're just giving anyone weapons now on the Russian side. Not going to complain. Good for Ukraine. Good for the stability of the world. Uh, Russia... Uh, Again, culminating. That's what a lot of the smarter people say. When, it's not a date, you know. It's an overall...